is the Wild Card Edition of Sports Best Broadcasting Fake Live and Direct on the Reposted Podcast Network. He is Andrew Keller, and he told me before we started recording that if he saw John Gruden right now, he'd give him a hug. I'm Larry Olson, and I stopped eating tortillas for lunch. Hello there, Mr. Keller. Hugs, not drugs. I also uh, took out a second lien on my home to buy standing room only tickets at tonight's Giants Dodgers game, which, as you hear this, will already be completed. But uh, we're excited to see the game that I said should be later in the playoffs, a seven game series and in a game five. Someone did offer me a ticket, but what's the deal? Do I go by myself and not watch it with the rabid Giants Dodgers fans in my home? No, I think I stay home and eat tortillas and beans with everybody else. You think or you did say no? I did say no, of course. Oh, okay. Well, we that was unclear what decision you made, and I think you made the right one. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Breaking news, John Gruden is no longer head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. However, the Raiders still have to play games. They host the Denver Broncos this weekend. On Wednesday, for the first time since Gruden's shocking resignation, someone faced the media. <laughs> Jim Mike Mayock made some comments. New interim coach, the much-vaunted Rich Basichilia chatted with the media. Quarterback Derek Carr said, quote, I'm feeling anger. I'm human, and I'm trying to do my best to just focus on football as hard as it is, try to keep my mind focused. I hate what John Gruden did, but I love the man, end quote. You know who did not speak this week? Raiders owner Mark Davis. He said nothing. He said, if you want details, go talk to the NFL. They have all the answers. Aren't you the, if you're the owner of the team, aren't you supposed to say something? I guess it depends on what type of owner you are. If Jerry Jones is in this position, he didn't say anything, that would be very suspicious. But Mark Davis isn't really that well known for, I don't think, being in front of the camera and talking. Derek Carr did go on to say, if we went through everyone in this room and went through 10 years of texts and emails, like a lot of people might be a little bit nervous. So I think there is that aspect of it as well. I heard this fascinating thing. So the NFL did this investigation into Washington. They have 650,000 emails, yeah. right? But only the Raiders about John Gruden came out, right? That's all we know. They, they won't say anything. Somehow the New York Times got only the John Gruden portion. It, Somewhat, yeah. It feels somewhat targeted because that did come out. And then the, the first one came out and I was like, okay, everyone's like, oh, that's kind of annoying, John Gruden. And then whoever leaked it said, all right, open the floodgates. We need to finish him. So they use the uh, Mortal Kombat fatality on him. So, so there's a uh, Albert Breer of Money Money Quarterback said they basically went to the Raiders and said, hey, look, here's the deal. You got to do something about John Gruden. If you don't, we got to do something. Then they released the first one. They yeah. didn't suspend him. They didn't do anything. And then the NFL said, here you go. And that's when they fired him. So it's like the NFL basically fired John Gruden. Yeah, they had the ammunition and they said, you know what? We'll let you leave gracefully or we will use the scorpion fatality on you. One more thing about this story that I'm going to present and take it or leave it, Roger Goodell. You know how in college, if your roommate dies, you get straight A's for the rest of the year. I think the Raiders, their head coach died. They should get an automatic berth in the playoffs. What, what do you think? I hate the Raiders, so I want nothing good for them. I don't really like the Raiders Here's either. But sticking with the Raiders, Skechers, the shoe company, could not resist a nice <laughs> business opportunity in getting their name in the headlines by making an announcement that they have immediately cut ties with former coach John Gruden. They used to be a sponsor of his. And to me, this is gross. It's a business opportunity to keep Skechers in the media. If they really were upset with what he did, they would have just cut ties with him and not released a statement. Skechers is a company 
It's not about the personal thoughts. He's toxic right now. It would hurt their business to keep him. Well, I'm That's not buying Skechers. I'm not buying Skechers anymore. That's it for me. They're based in Orange County. Did you know that? They're kind of cheap. They're so flimsy. They literally last like a week. Kind of like John Gruden trying no. to fulfill his contract. No. Hey, Gruden. <laughs> uh, didn't the Buccaneers also take him out of their ring of honor? Yeah, they uh, they also took him out of it. So the Buccaneers, I also take exception to this as well. They released a statement saying, while we acknowledge John Gruden's contributions on the field, his actions go against our core values as an organization. Therefore, he will no longer continue to be a member of the Gronkineers Hall of Fame. Again, I think this is the, the Buccaneers taking an, an opportunity to get their, their name out there again. I get a little bit less clear than Skechers, but is there Hall of Fame populated people because, because what they did off the field? I mean, this isn't the Buccaneers, but the first thing that came to mind was Ray Lewis got inducted in the Hall of Fame in 2018, and some people still adamantly believe that he murdered someone. I mean, kind of like it's not none of these things are about what you do off the field. What you do off the field can kind of tarnish your name. But I, I don't know. I'm not opposed to them taking his name off like I'm not opposed to Skechers cutting ties. But making this announcement, I feel, is uh, taking advantage of a business opportunity. Sounds like you're saying, who's the NFL to judge a human being? And I say to you, they're the NFL. They can judge whoever they want. The most valuable league in the country. <laughs> That's who they are. Well, who maybe the NBA is. But yeah, the Shield. The Shield will be the, the Shield will cast the first and the last stone. Don't you worry. So this is, uh, lastly, to wrap up John Gruden. What do you, where will we see John Gruden next? Will he do like a sit down interview? Will we see him at a golf tournament? Like he's gonna obviously in down into the bunker. Where I will we see is, Johnny next? I know exactly where we're going to see him next. One of my friends, her husband worked on this. They, they're making a series of the movie Chucky. And I think he's going to be on uh, season two of Chucky because that's the most obvious transition for him stepping in in front of the camera. Him and Lori Laughlin might store, star in a, a <sighs> TV show together. I miss Lori Laughlin. We need her back in the headlines. <laughs> Come back, Lori. You know, I vowed, I made this declaration on the Sports Best podcast that I was a devout, committed American as we climbed through qualifying to get to the 2024 World Cup in Qatar. So maybe nobody cares about the story, but I do. Americans, hey, Larry. Yes. You're somebody. Thank you. You are somebody. Me and the American Outlaws care that the U.S. came, U.S. men's soccer team came back for a critical 2-1 win against Costa Rica at Lower.com Field. I don't even know where that is. Lower.com. Ohio, Field. right? It is? Okay. Yeah. With the win, the U.S. went to 10 points through six games and held on to the second spot in the mighty CONCACAF qualifying ahead of the next set of international games in November that features the top home game of the 14-game qualifying schedule, Mexico. So we're number two. I think we have to be top four. There's one more set of round of qualifying. But as it sounds right now, we look good heading into Qatar. You call your shot right now. Will we qualify for we're the qualified. 2000? We're, we're in? It's a oh, shoe-in? It's, it's a done deal, bro. Lock the bet. I was watching some highlights of this game. I'm going to be the first one to admit. And you yes. probably could have guessed this. I did not watch the game in you real saw. time. You're not but American. You're not an American. Here's a question. Here's a question that came up to me. Can you watch high-level soccer? 
if the color commentator is speaking with a New York accent or a Southern accent, I'm not sure I could. Wasn't it our guy? Wasn't it um, the guy we interviewed from ESPN? John Champion? Was it John Champion? sounded like him. I'm not sure. It was definitely an English accent. I think it was John Champion. It was. But would that take away the experience for you? Be like, ah, that's more Boston. He kicked the ball in the goal. Yeah, go Tom Brady. That's a terrible accent. What are you doing to John Champion? He came on our show. No, I'm asking you a question not about John Champion. I'm saying... Would soccer be less than to watch on TV if it was not commentated with a British accent? I'm going to go you watch no. it with the sound off. I, I watched it with the sound on. Okay. And so, I really appreciated it. What's the answer to my question? Your answer is no. I watch soccer all the time with English speakers, not English, English accents. And I love it. They know more about it than us. That's not my question. My question is, if someone with a thick New York accent or someone with like an Alabama accent is calling the game, he kicks it back to the defender, he crosses over. Like, is that going to make it a worse experience for you? Do you need the English accent to get the best experience? I'm going to bottom line this for you. I'm not a racist. I'm not a racist like you. I take all accents, colors, creeds. I don't care how it comes to me. Take nothing away. All right. I'm not a racist like you, all right? Well, (laughs) because of that, I'm going to shoehorn this in. This is Larry's Long Shot. So who knew I cared about this? But Tiger Woods' son, Charlie, is 11 11 years old now, and it just came out. You can place a bet at 825 to 1 that he will win a major by the age of 25, which is crazy, but... Uh, famously, Roy McElroy was 500 to one to at, when he was 15. His dad and his friends put 400 pounds on, and he did win a major before he was 25. Are you going to bet on Charlie Woods? Here's the deal. Why would you not? It's exactly. 825 to one. Show me that website that I could put $2 down to put win $1,600. Put 10 down. Yeah. Why would I not make that bet? I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I'm scrambling. Like, I found out this morning, and the bet should be locked in before anyone hears this air. So get ready. And, you already uh, have it? How'd you no, play? I'm going to do this. I've been busy today, Larry. I'm going to do it this afternoon. I don't know how I'm going to do it. Maybe I got to drive to Nevada. Vegas about, isn't are you not? Are you giving me a piece of that? I mean, do you want? Do, should I put $12 down and you can yes. own $2? Yes, yes. Yes. Oh, that'd be so fun to cash that in. I mean, that would pay for an entire weekend of uh, debauchery. Right? I'm in. You know me. I am in. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you for letting me shoehorn that in and continuing with the streak of debauchery. Oh. J.R. Smith, we reported on him playing in his first collegiate golf tournament, and uh, some bad things happened to him. He got stung by some hornets. <laughs> I mean, you don't expect that to happen on the basketball court, but when you're out, out in nature, you uh, you might get stung. And I've, I'm the one that kind of said we need to talk about J.R. Smith, but I'm surprised this is still in the news. It's wildly impressive that he's playing on the collegiate level. I couldn't do that. But he's birdie-less through his entire round. He shot eight over. At what point is the novelty of J.R. Smith playing golf going to wear off? Or he was so successful in basketball that we're going to continue to hear about him through his entire college career. Well, here's my question to you. Are you a racist? 
No, we already know you're a racist. Okay. Um, is this just a random Hornet attack, or is this the universe judging him for going back and playing college? Like, is the universe judging him, telling him, don't do this? I have it on good authority that Kyrie Irving is not going back to the NBA because he's been training Hornets to attack former NBA players. So, Charles Barkley, uh, you need to watch out because you've been very vocal about Kyrie and the Hornets might be coming for you next. I feel like next uh, segment or next episode, we're going to be talking about Barkley getting hit up by the Kyrie Irving Hornets. If you go onto the internets and you follow one Phil Lamar Mickelson on the internets, you will learn lots of things. He'll tell you how to drink coffee. He'll tell you how to get in and out of a private jet. He'll give some life advice. Who? Will he tell you who won the, the PGA? No, he'll tell you. Because he did. This guy's ready to ball. Can you hear it? He's ready to ball. I'm in last place, nothing to lose. Yeah. Go for broke. Yeah. They're all out there. Lay it all. He's the Zen master. Oh, he's a good follow. Now he's really pissed that they're shortening the uh, length of drivers. He went on a little bit of a rant about it going from 26 to 28 inches. 48 to 46. Oh, excuse me. Um, and so he took to the Twitters. He's basically angry that they changed the golf rules without telling the golfers first. Once again, do, do, do leagues owe it to players to tell about the rules themselves, or can they just change the rules and then let them know later? If they want to keep their talent happy, they should at least ceremonially let them feel like they have feedback. But what I don't understand about this story is why they did it. The PGA released a statement saying, after understanding the feedback we received from the golf manufacturing community, we undertook a survey of usage of golf, golf clubs across the tours and found that a very small number of players either have used or are currently using clubs greater than 46 inches. What does that mean? I mean, I get, I know that a longer club means you could probably get more distance, but is it, is it hurting the quality of their product to have longer shafts? Like there's no why for me. I understand why Phil's upset. I don't think the PGA owes them anything. But I don't know why they're doing this. I don't think it's hurting the play to have longer clubs. You know what they say about golfers that have long shafts, Andrew? They use uh, Tiger head covers. <laughs> That's what they say. Right? Do you understand why they're doing this? I, I no clearly idea. don't. I have no idea. I use a 50-inch shaft, so I guess <laughs> I can't. I can't. All right. I want to set the record straight. I'm not a racist, and I also don't pull out uh, wood. I only use irons because I don't trust myself. <laughs> Some people that do trust themselves are Angelo and Itor Rossetti, who are former tennis pros. I, I couldn't find exactly their age, but I found out Itor Itore graduated college in 92, so he's probably in his 50s. These two guys set the Guinness World Records for the longest pickleball rally of over 16,000 hits. It lasted six hours, 11 minutes, I watched a little bit of the YouTube video. I clicked out of the tab and I forgot it was on. And I heard they, it was very, very boring. This is cool. I think we could do it if we put our minds to it. What I could not do is go six hours and 11 minutes without peeing. So kudos to them. That's something. Listen, uh, this pickleball is all the rage these days. You go to a tennis court pretty much anywhere. Everybody's playing pickleball. It's, yeah, I've heard about it a lot in the last six months. People love it. They're like, oh, it's easier on your joints. I say play some real tennis. Just, just for comparison's sake, that's six hours and 11 minutes playing pickleball. 
The longest rally I've ever had at uh, paddle ball is the game you play on the beach. Yeah. Me and the wife hit it back 629 times. Nine times. 29, 620. It takes about like, I feel like 15 minutes. We're going for that. By the end of that 620, my elbow is so tired and sore. I, oh. I can't, by the way, I don't think I could do anything for six hours, let alone hit a pickleball. So congrats to the twins. Yeah, and I guess also honorable mention, they they also hold the record for longest tennis rally and yeah. longest tennis volley Dude, rally. Sounds a bit sounds boring, but I mean I guess maybe good PR to get your uh, tennis pro game out there. But yeah, these guys are are good teachers. They they can do this forever. So I'm gonna hire them. I think you should hire them. I think I should hire them too. I'm gonna be the first to admit I didn't realize that Pete Rose is 80 years old. The most animated you get every show is when that drop is going. You, get, you light up and you say, I'm going to say it all right now. <laughs> oh, boy. We're having a laugh. But we have a happy trails to former Oakland catcher Ray Fossey. He has died at the age of 74 after a 16-year battle with cancer. He is uh, famous for being the catcher during the All-Star game that Pete Rose barreled over. And uh, he will be missed. Oakland A's catcher Ray Fossey. Do you have fond memories of him or or is your main memory of him getting run over by Pete Rose? Well, you know, were you around for the Buster Posey when he got yeah. ran over at home plate? Was that are you here? Yeah. So Buster Posey got ran over at home plate. He lost the whole year because they broke his knee or whatever the case yeah. is. And so every, he never came back from that. He never came back. They basically changed the rule that you can no longer run over catchers anymore because the best Posey. essentially though, because of this rule, uh, Ray Fossey was never the same after being run over by Pete Rose in an all-star game in 1970. This guy was like, a, he won a couple of world series. He was the A's broadcast for like 35 years, but he's still known for mostly being run over by Pete Rose. Yeah, I think maybe the only other person that has an infamous thing that they're being remembered for is Bill Buckner. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, or or Ray Finkel. Finkel and Einhorn. Einhorn and Finkel, wide left, laces out, those types of things. You know, I do broadcasting in the Bay Area, so I had to, I had to read this story. And the other part is, like, this dude battled cancer for 16 years. That's yeah. like That's a really God. long time. And then finding Here out in your late 50s that you – that's uh, – not a not an easy road. I haven't traveled it, and hopefully I don't. Yeah. Kudos. Hey, Ray Fossey, congrats, brother. We'll see you in heaven someday, man. Yeah. And you, Pete, we're gonna see you in hell. Is that I just closed? We might there. see we might see Pete in purgatory. Probably in purgatory. We don't know. We don't know yet. For the racist Andrew Keller, who does no. not, 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 not racist. I'm Larry Wilson. We'll see you next time on Sports Best.